Hey, good afternoon and welcome to SWAT Radio. It's Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. It is Thursday, May 13th. That's right. It's uh, about halfway through May, and I'm glad you could join us. Thursday's our guest day. We usually try to have people uh, who are have good resources for us out there in our Christian walk, things that can help us in discipleship. And if you're just tuning in to SWAT Radio for the first time, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And uh, we are men's discipleship and uh, making God's word. Well, we're not making it. We're just trying to transmit it in a practical and relevant way. God makes his word relevant. It is relevant. And uh, we're so happy today to have with us Owen Strand. And uh, Owen, welcome to SWAT Radio. Thank you so much. Great to be here. Yeah. You know, we have um, a couple of mutual friends, one of which is uh, Tommy Nelson, and you are going to be doing a uh, conference out there in June called Wokeness and the Gospel at Denton Bible Church. Tommy has been a frequent guest on here. In fact, uh, several of the guys that are presenting out there, uh, Daryl Harrison being one and you also being one, and you wrote a book called Christianity and Wokeness that comes out in July, and uh can you just tell us a little bit about who this conference is for? Is this just for pastors, or can anybody come to this conference? Yeah, I appreciate you calling attention to that, Doug. Uh, yeah, this is a conference for everybody. So come one, come all to Denton, Texas, uh, just minutes from Dallas. And uh, the conference will be at Denton Bible Church, where Tommy Nelson has been pastor for, for many, many years now, a faithful man who is taking a, a stand, an unpopular stand, but a noble one, against the ideology we call wokeness, the idea that, that we all need to awake to the nature of racial, racial justice in our society and then combat it. This idea that, for example, being a white person means that you're complicit for a system of racism, whether you know it or not, whether you ever say anything racist or not, just by virtue of being white, you're participating in a power structure that commits racism against others. So this conference, Wokeness in the Gospel, in exactly one month, is tackling that idea, and it's going to help people think biblically about it uh, with, with Christ as the focus. Christ is the only one, of course, who can truly overcome sin and, uh, and change the human heart. And, you know, Owen, I appreciate you uh, saying that. Are, are you okay with me calling you Owen instead of Dr. Owen? I don't want sure. to offend you. <laughs> In any way, because uh, uh, you are a, a doctor, uh, you got your PhD, and uh, and have it really you by your own admission are kind of a nerdy history major, right? <laughs> Just to uh, use well, exactly. you're, you're you're a guy who likes. Uh, I I know you like soccer because you mention it a lot uh, when you talk. I've heard you talk about soccer, and but you do like basketball too, and. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm glad to have you speak to this because, you know, without going through a, this long litany, you've been an associate professor of uh, theology at Midwestern for the past six years. Recently, oh, you just had a change. I saw that you're going now to be a provost and research professor uh, of theology at Grace Bible Seminary, Theological Seminary in Conway, Arkansas, which is a great place out there. 
that's pretty recent for you, isn't it? It is. It's very recent. Uh, I've had um, almost 20 years in SBC churches now and very thankful for them and for the, the years I've had and many faithful friends and good churches and good people. Um, but yeah, there's been a call that has come my way that I wasn't expecting to this young seminary in Conway, Arkansas called Grace Bible Theological Seminary. And uh, it's it's out of a church called Grace Bible Church. That's a, a, a thriving, um, expository-driven church uh, right there in Conway. So, yeah, I'm linking up with them and, and going to help lead the school and train men for ministry. Try to try to take uh, young men in particular, many of whom these days, are, as you well know, have not had discipleship. They haven't had training in what it means to be a man. Uh, if they have had uh, induction into Christian ministry, they might not have had a lot of talk about how we're entering a spiritual battle. Uh-huh. So I want to bring all that focus, that kind of old-school focus, uh, to a modern age in training men for ministry. And I, I want to form gospel Navy SEALs and, and send them out. Uh, okay, wait, wait, wait. Can we, can we change the announcement? Can you say gospel Marines? Is that okay? Can we gospel, just... <laughs> gospel SEALs slash Marines. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, uh, sorry, sorry. I, I just had to throw that. I got a lot of friends that are seals, so uh, I, I'm I'm happy with that. That th- they are. They, I, there's a little camaraderie there, you know, uh, with those yeah, guys. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not trying to parachute into the uh, the core wars here. I, I we, we we want some really strong, godly men. How about that? Yeah, so that's leave it there. No, that's great. <laughs> that's great. You know, one of the things, and I don't know if Jeff Johnson, the senior pastor there said this, or if you said this recently, but one of you said this, that we want our students to love the Bible, to know the Bible, to minister to the Bible and bleed the Bible. That really encourages me, uh, Owen, because I, I just see a departure in a lot of preaching in our country from biblical exposition. Uh, and, and you got guys saying we need to detach from the old Testament and, and stuff like that. And it's very disturbing uh, at the trend to me to get away from expositional preaching. Would you agree with that, with what's going on in our country? Oh, I agree with all of that. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. We, we want our graduates. We want our students to be immersed in the Bible. The Bible alone is the word of God. It's God breathed. It's inspired by God. It comes with the very authority of God. It is sufficient for all things uh, that we do before God, all our worship, all our obedience, every every minute, every nook and cranny of our life is for God as a Christian. So we don't just get a, a salvation card at the moment we pray a prayer when we're eight years old or whatever it is, and then live how we want to live. We then are ruled by, we come under the lordship of the Word of God, under the lordship of Christ. So... Yeah, we want to communicate that view at the school and try to do our very small part uh, to push Christians and churches in that direction. And, and yes, we want pulpits to ring out. We require four semesters each of Greek and Hebrew at Grace Bible Theological Seminary in Arkansas. And so we, we really want to turn out men who dive deep into the Greek and the Hebrew, and then not who serve up a, a dull lecture, you know, about vowel pointing, but who then take all that crackling electricity from the Word of God and bring it to bear in the life of the congregation going verse by verse. That's that's what we want to do. Yeah, and I, I just want to give you that address uh, on the Internet. is www.gbtsseminary.org. 
that www.g as in golf, b as in bravo, t as in tango, s as in, or, well, then seminary, gbtseminary.org. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm so thankful. It's so encouraging to me that you guys are, and, and you're involved in this because, Owen, you, you come from the Northeast. You're actually proof that God can save people from Maine, right? Aren't you from Maine? <laughs> I'm the only one so far. Yeah, no, no. Actually, uh, was Edwards from up there too, or was he a different yeah, place? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was from not far from me. I mean, he, he passed from I don't know six, seven hours from where I grew up. So, so yeah, I grew up in rural Maine. I guess all of Maine is rural, just about. I grew up in coastal Maine, so right on the ocean, uh, almost into Canada, and I was raised in a small. Uh, 50-person Baptist church where I heard the gospel and was trained as a Christian, discipled in the faith, and, and very thankful for my roots there. But yes, Maine is a very dark place spiritually. It was it was hard to be a Christian in high school and that sort of thing. It, it, it prepped me well for uh, this ministry that the Lord has given me, where, um, you know, once in a while I try to take a stand for something hard, mm. because just to be a Christian at all uh, growing up was, was not easy. And of course, that's nothing new to Maine or to, to the church in ages past. Um, well, nothing even new to Edwards, Edwards, right? Didn't he get kicked out of his church because he was probably too too in line with the Bible? Why did he specifically get kicked out? I don't even know. I know you've done a lot of research. Do you know why? Do we even know why he got kicked out of his church? Yeah, I, I co-wrote a book called The Essential Jonathan Edwards um, on Edwards' life and theology and we touch on it a little bit, but basically there were some simmering controversies in the Church, uh, some stuff that went awry when Edwards tried to handle it. But the major thing that caused his demise in Northampton, Massachusetts, at the first Church, was that he changed the Church's communion policy. So nowadays, I'm guessing a lot of people don't even know what their Church's communion policy is, but um, Edwards' grandfather, who was the previous pastor, had open communion, so anyone could come to the, the table. He, he viewed it as a converting ordinance, Solomon's daughter did. When Edwards became pastor, taking it after his grandfather, he changed it to closed communion. So you needed to be a believer, and you needed to show that you were, you were leading a Christian life. You know, you shouldn't take the Lord's table lightly. And uh, that, was, that was essentially the straw that broke the camel's back, and he was fired. Um, in, in, at the end of the 1740s. But isn't that a biblical thing, too? <laughs> isn't that what uh, Paul said in uh, Corinthians, that we should examine ourselves? Anyway, hey, we, we got to, uh, yeah. I will let you, uh, we got to go to our first break. And uh, you're listening to Dr. Owen Strand, and that's S-T-R-A-C-H-A-N. You can get that book or that series, actually, on the essential Jonathan Edwards. It's a book. Uh, an introduction to the life and teaching of America's greatest theologian. You can get that on Amazon, as well as a lot of other books he's written, uh, Awakening the Evangelical Mind. Um, uh, He's got a little book called What Does the Bible Teach About Transgenderism? I would really encourage you to look at that. He wrote that with Gavin Peacock. And then The Grand Design, Male and Female. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about God's roles for us. Uh, Owen, and as men and women, especially in light of what's going on with the SBC convention this summer, okay? Yep. yep. All right. Hey, you're listening to SWAT Radio with Dr. Owen Strand today. 
And uh, we'll be right back after this break. And uh, if you want to listen to this or any past program, you can go to www.swatradio.com. Click on the past programs link and listen to them. We're going to be right back after this break on SWAT Radio. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.astore.com. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery. All my life I've been told I belong at the end of the line. With all the other not quite, with all the never get it right. Hey, this is Doug McCary. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. Today, our guest is Dr. Owen Strand, and I'm so thankful that he is with us. He is uh, the new research professor of theology and provost at Grace Bible Theological Seminary in Conway, Arkansas, and uh, so thankful that he is there. You know, um, when when you read people like Dr. Strand and some of the things he has written, he is making an impact by sharing uh, what God has taught him, and he put it he put, puts it in book form. A lot more discipline than I am. I, I am not a writer by any stretch of the imagination. I struggle to write, so I have a deep respect for people like him who puts this stuff in print. You can get a lot. Of, just put Owen Strand S T R A C H A N at Amazon dot com, and all of his books come up. There's a lot of little books that deal with everything from transgenderism to uh, homosexuality, what does the Bible teach about it? Really good little uh, booklets in there uh, that you can read very quickly but get some really good stuff on it. Also, uh, what does the Bible teach about lust, about sexuality and identity, a lot of stuff. He's got a new book coming out called Christianity and Wokeness and how the social justice movement is hijacking the gospel. That's coming out in July. You can pre-order it and go ahead and get it set to be released uh, mid-July. But he's doing this conference in Denton Bible Church called Wokeness and the Gospel in June. It's June 11th and 12th. You can go to DentonBible.org or Wokeness, W-O-K-E-N-E-S-S, and, the, and Gospel, not and the, but WokenessandGospel.org and register. It's for everybody. I, I encourage you, if you're listening, whether you're in Mississippi, Virginia, Florida, Georgia, or listening out west through our, our app or internet, uh, really pray about going to this thing because I think this is one of the greatest threats right now currently to the gospel and the church. Uh, and I wanted to ask you about that, uh, 
no one do you believe that right now in our current culture and our society that this is really a threat to the church and the gospel i definitely do i do because we especially recognize in america that we do have real past sins and failings along the lines of racism and ethnocentrism so we recognize there there is major sin historically when we think about slavery and Jim Crow and segregation. We also recognize, of course, that these, these problems haven't simply vanished. The human heart is partial in its sinfulness, meaning it, it prefers some over others in a sinful way. And so our hearts are going to produce partiality, including racism, until Jesus makes the whole earth right. But here's the deal, Doug. Saying that America has this this sin in its past and potential for it today is not the same thing as saying that America is a racist order now, and that America is really driven today by what is called, by woke folks, white supremacy. So I was alluding to this earlier, but basically, among critical race theorists and intersectionality advocates in the academy, there's this argument that frankly, a good number of folks may not have heard a whole lot about, but they may be starting to see it trickle out in different forms. The argument is that if you are a white person or if you don't challenge the existing social order, then you are you are essentially participating in a system that is called white supremacy. So just by virtue of you having white skin or, or again, not challenging that, that order, uh, you're contributing to a racist society. This is a major threat to the church because, of course, one of the things this system is going to do is it's going to go into churches and then teach people that the white people in the church, so-called, are are white supremacists over against people of color. And that's that's a possibility. We could act racist towards other people. Of course, anyone can. But that's not necessarily the case. Wokeness, however, says it is. Well, you know— and I think it's really dangerous for the mission of the church. But, you know, I always say there's nothing new under the sun. If you go back to Colossians 2, where Paul addresses Gnosticism and, and the, the the threats to the gospel back then, thousands of years ago, he talks about human tradition and philosophy. And really, when you look at wokeness, um, would you agree that it really threatens the fiber of every relationship when you start looking at life through that lens? It definitely does. You'll have uh, a couple that embraces wokeness, or one spouse, for example, and if, if the if the if the spouses have different skin color, you know, and one of them, let's say, is is what's called black, and the other is white, for example, then they're easily if if wokeness is being followed in its major tenets, uh, according to critical race theory, for example, it could easily follow that that spouse would accuse the other, the so-called white spouse, of being a white supremacist and and keeping them down and hating them and and such things. And we've seen instances of this. We've also seen instances where in adoptive situations you'll have children who have different skin color than their adoptive parents and they're indoctrinated per wokeness to, to, to think that their adoptive parents, you know, are white supremacists over them. So this ideology can sound fine, depending on how it's presented, but it is going to corrupt and, uh, and divide uh, relationships that God has brought together. Well, um, Abraham X. Kendi wrote a book called How to Be an Anti-Racist, 
And, um, mm-hmm. and in, you know, in that book, he, it, it almost seems like people in the past who have tried to make a stand for equality. Well, maybe you could just take that for a second. Could you just d- 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 explain the difference to people between equality and equity? Because we're hearing the word equity a lot now as a result of a lot of this critical theory stuff that's coming on. And I think some of that comes from Kendi. Can you kind of, I know you've probably, I know you've read that book if you wrote this book, because uh, it's his book is like one of the best sellers out there on this issue, along with white fragility. Could you explain that a little bit and how he would be different from say a Martin Luther King Jr. and kind of the message Martin Luther King Jr. had out there? Yeah. Martin Luther King Jr., wanted a society driven by equality of opportunity. Uh, so he wanted, he didn't want his, his children to be unfairly biased uh, against, unfairly prejudiced, be, because they, would, they had a certain skin color. So he wanted his children to have the same access to American society and culture that, that any child of any skin color did. And he, he was right. That is fundamentally, you know, he was not an evangelical Christian, and, and denied certain important tenets of the Christian faith, that is, frankly, a view that is grounded in the Bible. Uh, it flows out of the doctrine of the image of God, for example, Genesis 1, 26 to 28, that every person is made in God's image. So what, no matter what you look like, your skin color, your background, uh, the money you have, you, you have value and dignity and worth as a human being, as one made by God. We've all sinned and fall, fallen short in Adam, of course, according to Genesis 3, the real historical fall, but nonetheless, even after the fall, we affirm that every human person is, is still made by God and still has, has dignity and worth as an image bearer, that we're all under God's condemnation. But what Kendi and the new breed are arguing for is not equality of opportunity, but equality of outcome. So they want everybody to have the same living conditions. They want, for example, to take down the capitalist order that has some people getting rich and other people not getting rich. They see that as inequity. And so what what wokeness really drives toward is a kind of Marxist and socialist vision of society where everybody is in the same conditions uh, and, and there is no inequality. You know, this is a complex subject, Doug, of course. There's lots of things to say, and probably your poor listeners didn't know they were about to get an earful of a lecture on economics. Yeah. We wouldn't wish that on our enemy. Yeah. Nonetheless, Nonetheless, we need to be very clear that there is no way to make everybody exactly the same, have exactly the same living conditions in this world. You think about a family, for example. If you have two children, do those two children end up having exactly the same life in, in most cases? No. no, they don't. Why is that? There's all sorts of factors. There's all sorts of reasons. Suffice it to say that this is a utopian vision, a leftist vision, and there is no way for us to guarantee equality of outcome. What we should be working for is equality of opportunity. Yeah, I, I, I really appreciate you you saying that. And I hope in your book, um, by the way, I would like to be in an advanced reading list on your book. I wish I could have gotten a copy of that book to read it because it looks good. Do, do you, get, you have a podcast, um, and I was going to ask you one of the questions was, is it podcast because it was a, um, a MBTS thing is it still going to be available um even though you've you've moved to this new seminary um oh yes okay okay i want to let our listeners know about it because it's called cpt that's c is in charlie p is in papa t is in tango dot m b d 
mbt is in tom s dot edu podcast or you can probably just put in owen strand um podcast but he's got one of them on wokeness divides christ unites are those key ideas do they kind of come from your book that's coming out or we or will we be well will you expand on that in the book yes definitely uh everything we've been talking about so far with wokeness and even a broader meaning of, of what the term indicates is all in this book that you're kindly uh, sharing word about, Christianity and Wokeness, and it comes out in two months. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. Well, well, you know, we, we got uh, about two minutes for our next break. I want to ask you this question and see if you could just, the danger of this Abraham Kendi anti-racism mentality as a kind of I mean, it ha- it doesn't have forgiveness in it. It doesn't have grace in it. It's almost like a works-based kind of religious thing, isn't it? Yeah, that's exactly right. It's it's not a system that is built to unite. It's sensitive. That's the weird thing. So we've all watched in the last year as we've heard these uh, public calls for unity and demonstrations and Black Lives Matter and Antifa telling us that we're not a unified country. Now, let's just pause to observe a bit of irony. Uh, That message has been coming from people who, in a lot of cases, in terms of the the movements I just mentioned, were destroying America and driving Americans apart. Um, Not everybody, you know, throws throws a a, a Molotov cocktail through a a department store windshield, so let that be said. But (laughs) a whole lot of people have in the last year in America. And we need to be very clear that wokeness as an ideology does not unite. Mm. It divides. Uh, Only the blood of Jesus Christ is that which can unite the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we've got to be on the alert uh, for this divisive uh, ideology, which, yes, marches ironically under the banner of unity. Wow, that that's really good. Thank you, uh, Owen. Hey, again, Owen is going to be speaking at Wokeness in the Gospel, June 11th and 12th. This is a conference open for pastors, teachers, and anyone who really wants to be equipped to deal with this. He's also got a book coming out in July. But if you want more on the conference, go to DentonBible.org and then uh, WokenessAndGospel.org. You can register for it there. Also, um, you can go to mbt. I'm sorry, cpt.mbts.edu backslash podcast to hear his podcast. We'll be back after the news with more from Dr. Owen Strand on SWAT Radio. This is Doug McCary of SWAT Radio. Welcome back. It is Thursday, May 13th, and we're live with Dr. Owen Strand. And, um, Owen, I'll tell you what, uh, how, many, how many kids you have? Three kids. Three kids. And how long have you been married? I've been married 15 years 15 now. 15 years. 
15 years yeah. and three kids, and I look at what you've accomplished, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't. I'm 59. I have eight kids, and I feel like I've done nothing. <laughs> when I look at all this stuff, ah. I wish I had your discipline to write the way you do. My wife is a writer. She likes to write, and I, I know it takes a lot of effort to do that. So let me thank you for taking the effort to put in print uh, stuff so people can be ministered to by it. It, it is really, it is, it is a great thing. Um, reading is a great thing. And I, I highly encourage you, if you're listening today, um, if, if you don't read that much, because it, it's easy in our culture today to get more into just going on the Internet and listening. There's nothing wrong with that. But there's something about reading with a pen in hand and underlining and being able to go back and make some notes and just solidify some things in your mind and so, and thank you for writing all these things that you've put in print. I know it puts a target on you and your family. So I want to ask our listeners to remember Owen, to pray for him, to pray for his wife and children, because when you take stands like this, you can guarantee the enemy puts targets on the people around you and yourself. I mean, so, uh, I would just encourage you to pray for him, lift him up. And especially, I mean, you, the, these topics that you've written on, are, are really hot topics as far as like creating backlash in our culture. And I appreciate your willingness to stand on these issues. And you served a long time as the, uh, the president on the council of biblical um, manhood and womanhood. And, um, and, and I, this is a, that's a tough issue for our country, isn't it? For the last 30, 40 years, really uh, roles of women and men in the church. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate your kind words there. And, and yeah, writing is, um, <clears throat> it's a joy. It's an honor. And uh, by the end of uh, the book writing process, no wonder why you took it up in the first place. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I'm, I'm a bit at that last stage right now with this book we've talked about a few times, Christianity and Wokeness. I, I don't regret it or, or dislike the book or anything like that. I'm kind of doing negative publicity here, I guess you could call it. Yeah. But um, you're just, you're just, uh, You've been so immersed in it that you, you're almost uh, waiting to, to spring free uh, from it. But it's a joy to do it. And yes, on a different subject, yeah, there's all sorts of controversy today about uh, manhood and womanhood. In fact, in my little my little uh, minor ministry that, that the Lord has been kind to give me on social media or something, I think to this day, Doug, the tweets that get the most response, uh, a portion of it negative usually, our tweets about what it means to be a Christian man uh, in a meaningful way, not a vanilla way, and yeah. what it means to be a Christian woman in a in a meaningful way. I mean, it is, these topics are just as hot as they come. Yeah, and you wrote a book called The Grand Design, um, and that's still available. Male and female, he made them. Even that top, even the title today, <laughs> just the title evokes backlash uh, because. Now we're being told that there's more than male and female. And, and I've been telling guys for the last few weeks, this is an unbiblical thought. It is, has nothing to do with God's grand design. And, um, and so I appreciate that being in print. One of the issues that is bothering me and probably you too is that how it's infecting the church itself, the bride of Christ, how people uh, not only are, are caving to wokeness, and I'm talking solid, what I would consider fairly solid theological teachers uh, in the past, 
Uh, but this whole idea of even compromising on God's design for men and women and even moving into uh, the whole transgender thing of, of accepting some of this, could you speak to that just a second about how how Scripture's fairly clear on the roles of men and women, both in the church and in the home? Yeah, Scripture is wonderfully clear uh, that men are called to be the head of their wife and are called to be essentially like a pastor uh, in, in their home. And in the church, men are called to be the elders and, and deacons of the body. There's some disagreement over that second part, some some evangelicals think women can be deacons, so let that be said. But, um, but suffice it to say that in the home and the church, and as much as possible in society, men are called to lead. And in, in terms of marriage, women are called to submit to a husband and follow him and, and even welcome his leadership, and, and then also to find real joy in being a homemaker as God uh, gives that privilege. Uh, and then in the church, to be a member of a local church and to, to, to submit to leadership there as well. There's all sorts of other things to say in terms of meaningful contributions uh, of, of a family member and a church member, but basically those are the, that's a quick sketch uh, of, of how Scripture structures male-female relationships in those contexts. This is what we call, as a term, creation order. In other words, God made men and women this way from the beginning. He made Adam first. He made Eve from Adam's rib. Uh, he called Adam the first man, to be the one who would leave father and mother and hold fast to his wife. And so from the very beginning, uh, Scripture is teaching us that we have to train men in particular to be leaders. Listen, Doug, that is the opposite of the way modern uh, secular culture thinks. We, we are actually to train our boys to lean back and our, our girls to step up and lead. Uh, no one is saying we need to train girls to do nothing, but uh, we are not many cases, even in evangelical circles, training our boys to step up, take ownership, lead, do the hard thing, uh, and put themselves on the line as a leader for others. We've got to recover that. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. And, you know, one of the blowbacks that you get a lot of times, Owen, is that, well, that, you know, it, it was a very different culture. Then women were uneducated. Women were, you know, they that, that culture was patriarchal. And so it, we live in a different time. America's different. Our culture's different. And so how do you respond to that argument against male leadership in the church and even the home? Well, actually, um, if, if, if the New Testament authors had wanted to tear down men as leaders, they had a great opportunity because uh, first century Greco-Roman culture was far more punitive to women, um, gave women far less rights, for example, in many cases than women have today. But that's exactly not what the biblical authors, the New Testament authors in particular, did. They didn't say that men shouldn't be heads of their wives or shouldn't be elders in the Church. They actually called men to do that. But they did it in a distinctly Christian way. And so we've got to recognize that if, if we hear the claim, well, we're in a different culture than they were in. Well, the first century church was a different uh, entity than Greco-Roman culture. And yet the Word of God came to those churches, different churches that are represented in the New Testament, and indicated that creation order, God's very design for, for men and women, was that men would lead in the home and the church and society. 
And so we've got to reassert that today, even as uh, it, it's true. Many people have many different reasons why uh, these truths don't apply today. In reality, this is why it is so important to understand that there aren't some biblical truths that are once and for all time, like God exists, okay? And then there are other truths that are just for a certain place and time. Uh, the, the Bible, all the Bible and all its positive teaching is for all time. It's for all cultures. It's for all societies. And sinful people in every age are going to push against the Bible in different forms, in different ways. But that must never mean that we fail to live out and teach and, and show the beauty uh, of, of biblical truth. Well, w- would you agree, um, and I'm happy to, for you to speak to this, too, if you don't, uh, that when Paul wrote Timothy, First Timothy, I think, is like the church it's the church book. I mean, it's, this is how we do church. This is why we do church. These are the, the ways, you know, that kind of the blueprint for conducting our gatherings. Um, when Paul says, let a woman learn quietly, and then he goes and takes it back to Adam and Eve, as far as the roles, doesn't that take away the cultural argument there? Or am I missing something in that? Oh, that's no, that's the linchpin of the whole matter. Um, that's that's that term creation order being captured in First Timothy two nine through fifteen. The very reason why men are called to be pastors and women are not called to be pastors and elders uh, and theological shepherds and teachers in the local church is because Adam is created first. So Adam being created first is not like you get, for example, in a family where there are twins. We've all met twins, and then they. They, you know, you ask them uh, who was born first, and there's this sort of uh, rivalry and maybe jabs in the ribs or something like that about which sibling you know got out first. Uh, th- this isn't an incidental matter <laughs> that Adam is made first. It- it's not a fact without significance. It's it's a fact with the greatest significance. Uh, God making Adam first means that He is calling Adam to leadership of his wife. He's calling him to see her as uh, bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. Uh, and, and he is the one that God holds responsible, for example, in Genesis 3, when the forbidden fruit is eaten. Uh, God shows up first to the man, which indicates, if you're paying attention, these are textual details, but they matter greatly. And, and they're telling us that Adam is called by God to be the head, to lead, uh, to be the authority in his home. Uh, and he, he dare not neglect that responsibility. Yeah, I remember one of my mentors being called to consult with a church up in the north about this issue of allowing women to serve uh, as elders. And uh, and then we got to go to break, and we'll come back for our last segment. But he said, well, if you allow that, you might as well allow homosexuals to be on the elder board. And they said, what do you mean? He said, well, if you're going to deviate from God's plan here, why not just go ahead and, and – because you're going to open up a Pandora's box. And literally, that's what we've seen. Those first um, denominations that brought women into leadership now are ordaining homosexuals and now transgenders. And um, when we come back, I do want to get your take on what might happen this summer in the SBC. I know you're not a prognosticator, but you all have been part of that family and group. And I'm just curious to know your read on the wins there uh, from what you've seen. Sure. Okay. Hey, uh, you're listening to SWAT Radio. I have Dr. Owen Strand, that's S-T-R-A-C-H-A-N. He's got a book coming out called Wokeness, 
and the gospel, or, or Christianity and wokeness, sorry. The conference is called Wokeness in the Gospel, but he's got a book coming out in July. You can go to Amazon and order it. Christianity and Wokeness, I highly recommend it. And also, he's going to be speaking at Wokeness in the Gospel at Denton Bible Church. Tommy Nelson is the pastor. Tommy's going to be our guest next week. He's a friend and uh, a mutual friend of ours, and uh, I think it's going to be a great conference. I highly encourage you to go to that. For more info, go to DentonBible.org or WokenessAndGospel.org. We'll be right back with our last segment on SWAT Radio. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies, if you're trying to feel the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. Hey, this is Doug McCary of SWAT Radio. Thank you so much for listening today. We are uh, excited to have uh, Dr. Owen Strand on. And uh, Owen, I am very grateful for, again, what you've written. I want to tell people about a book I haven't mentioned, I don't think, called Reenchanting Humanity, A Theology of Mankind. And this this book is about... Uh, the doctrine of humanity, and he deals with things like transgenderism, homosexuality, technology, and he he kind of just lays out how um, Christians have kind of evolved, not evolved, but uh, have, have just kind of the history of humanity uh, from, you know, but it's viewed through the lens of truth and what the Bible says about man. And, you know, Owen, would you say that what I said earlier about there not really being anything new under the sun, even homosexuality, transgenderism, and the the whole issues even with technology are just reformatted sin issues that have been around forever? Oh, yeah, that's well said. Very well said. Yeah, I mean, you you think about the Apostle Paul writing to the Corinthian church, for example, in the first century, and he's he's dealing with all these issues. He's, he's writing to a people who are in a, a city of uh, sexual debauchery, of real openness along those lines, temple prostitution, transvestites, uh, just a very, very um, unrestrained uh, sexual culture. And what he's trying to do in writing to the Corinthian church is rescue them out of that, pull them back out of that, because 
in different ways they're being pulled into it. And he even goes to the extent in First Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, of teaching them not just that they should stop doing sinful sexual things, but they in no way have that identity any longer. You, you recognize that, that what we are facing today, uh, the Apostles faced <laughs> almost 2,000 years ago, in a way that's really discouraging, because it shows you the pervasive power of sin. In a weird way, it's encouraging, because it shows us that those sins have not quieted the Church over the centuries. They've not defeated the Church, and in fact, tons of people have been saved uh, out of sexual sin, and they still will be today. So we, we have to continue to proclaim the truth, just like Paul and the Apostles did. Uh, many years ago. Yeah, and you know, that's something that has been very a little bit discouraging for me just personally in America. I've traveled a lot outside of America and I see in other countries a very different approach to the gospel a lot of times and I see more of what I call an offensive approach to the gospel almost like when Jesus took his disciples to Caesarea Philippi and said the gates of Hades will not prevail that gates are a defensive thing and he means we we are supposed to be offensive not sitting back defending against transgenderism defend you know defending against these sinful things that are coming but be offensive with the gospel in the same way with even critical theory or wokeness it's it's this idea that we you know I, i think people almost feel apologetic and not in a biblical sense of apologetic, but just, you know, they're sorry, you know, uh, and how they try to communicate the gospel against wokeness or the gospel against critical theory. Um, and yes. I, I just think God is so big and he's so worth telling people about. We miss it. And and I think Edwards knew that. I mean, here, here's a guy, he wasn't just thrown out of his church. I I got an email from a guy who said he was actually thrown out of Yale too for saying a chair was more spiritual than the professor. Is that true? Did you read that, or is that is that just something? Uh, the, yeah, that was David Brainerd, the missionary that Edwards trained. Yes, you're totally right that there was real fire uh, in Edwards's bones and in David Brainerd's bones, uh, and um, we don't have enough of that fire. A great passage for your listeners to go to if they sense that what you are saying about offensive Christianity uh, is right, and, and it is right, is 2 Corinthians 10, 3-6. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-6 has the Apostle Paul uh, telling the Corinthians that uh, they and he are destroying strongholds, destroying arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. I have rarely ever heard a Christian talk about that passage, especially in our day of niceified Christianity, where, you know, Jesus, as we have him, never used an outside voice indoors. And uh, you just recognize that there has been a taming of Christianity in a really unhealthy way. We need to recover the bold nature of the Christian faith, and we need to recover bold proclamation and bold apologetics and bold evangelism, bold theology, um, uh, in, in these strange days. Well, you know, uh, I, by the way, uh, if you're listening, you've heard me say that before, and I did not pay Owen to say that, because, Owen, our theme verse for SWAT is 2 Corinthians 10, 4, and 5, and, and to take up mm. 
Yeah, I, you didn't know that, did you? <laughs> I did it. The, the, I love it. That that's our theme verse, and one of the reasons, to be honest with you, one of my favorite passages in the whole Bible is in the Old Testament in Daniel. Daniel, uh, really, uh, chapter three, where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or Mishael, Hananiah, and Azariah said, you know, uh, even if God doesn't deliver us, we're never, we'll never bow. And, and, and these were yeah. bold men. They just called him out. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, who says that to a king that can take your life in a moment like that? And, and that boldness was what was a genesis really for SWAT, spiritual warriors advancing truth. And, and there's this idea that to be a believer, you have to, meekness does not mean weakness. It means restrained strength. And uh, I appreciate all that you are doing in this realm to get these things out there so we can be bold. And it's helpful for people like me to read these things because you're, you're an avid reader, you're a researcher, and not everybody's gifted that way, but you are. And so uh, I, I, again, want to recommend the book coming out called Christianity and Wokeness, but I also want to recommend Reenchanting Humanity. If you look at that book, you, you get a theology of mankind which helps you appreciate the bigness of God, how God is in everything. We don't just relegate God to the side uh, of our life or a compartment in our life. And I think that's really been a problem in the West, don't you, Owen? Oh, definitely. Absolutely. We've got to recover what some people have called big God theology. Uh, and that's really the key to knitting all of these threads together, to seeing the human person uh, in a God-centered way, to taking stands that cost you, uh, to um, you know, engaging worldviews with confidence, not with fear. All of it, and much more we could talk about, is driven by not a little God that you put in your pocket each morning, and pat on the head throughout the day, but uh, but a massive God who roars over creation, mm-hmm. and yet is also is also near to us and and loving to us and merciful to us. Well, I oh, and a few weeks ago uh, at one of my I, I teach these five Bible studies in town every week, and I had guys write out a statement. I I am fully surrendered to the lordship of Jesus Christ. I am His anything, anytime, anywhere, and I had them write a blank and told them. When they're prepared to sign it, sign it and put a date on it. And I had a, a lot of blowback on that of guys that struggle to do that because we live in a culture here in America that has no demands to, to say you love Jesus or follow him, that you're his. And, and I said nobody in Korea or China would have a problem signing that because they sign it with their life when they do it. Uh, I, I think this whole idea of a big God is we, we think of a big I don't know, a big country, maybe a big individualism that is, is really made God small and, and us big, uh, in our country, even though we talk about him. Would you agree with that? Amen. Oh, totally. I totally agree, Doug. Yes. Well, I, I love what you're doing out there. I love what you say about training up seals. And I was reading one thing you wrote and I don't even remember where I read it, but you, you said God doesn't use YouTube videos to train seals. You know, and as men, uh, we are called to disciple other men. Second Timothy two two says, "Train men who will train others," and we've got to get back to discipleship. And uh, Owen, I, I just want to thank you again for giving us an hour today of your time because I know you're busy, you're transitioning, and uh, it just means a lot to have you share some of these 
uh, resources with us. Tell us about them. And again, I want to tell people about Wokeness in the Gospel, the conference June 11th and 12th out in uh, Denton, Texas, Denton Bible Church, Tommy Nelson. Uh, You can go to DentonBible.org to register uh, or wokeness and gospel that's wokeness and without the day just wokeness and gospel.org and listen if you're just tomorrow if you call into SWAT radio I'm going to be giving away uh, re-enchanting humanity and the grand design uh, throughout the program for people who call in and uh, I may even give away the essential Edwards I'll probably give that one away too because I would love to encourage you folks to become readers and reading these these great uh books that god has given owen to share with us because he is a biblical guy it doesn't replace the bible but it just gives you a lens through which god has influenced him and given him some insights that are helpful for us and so uh owen anything you want to we got about a minute left any final thoughts to people out there that might be struggling with this whole wokeness thing like why do i really need to go to this conference or, or even pay attention to this issue yeah great question i would just say this is a great time to get equipped. Uh, it's a time of real destabilization in our culture and also in the church. It's a time when up is down. Uh, it's a time when we're told that there's no such thing, for example, as manhood and womanhood. Um, it, it, we, we are living through very confused and confusing times. And one of the most confusing ideologies there is is this ideology we're calling wokeness, driven by critical race theory. And so I just encourage, I encourage the church to get equipped to, to think well, uh, to not sit there like our culture in different ways encourages us to do, uh, doing nothing but to be a thinking Christian, and then out of the overflow of that, with the vision of God being active Christian, a Christian who, who proclaims Jesus Christ uh, crucified and resurrected for us, for our sins, for sinners. So, yeah, that's all I'd say. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you, Owen. I pray you have a great day. Hey, thanks for listening to SWAT Radio. And you can listen to this in any past program on SWATradio.com. Hey, go on there and share this link with somebody. Get a conversation started. Let's be bold witnesses for Christ in our world. Go to www.swatradio.com, Facebook at SWAT Radio Talk, Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk. We'll be back tomorrow with more SWAT Radio. Have a great day. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual